Awesome. Well, hey, I want to say a special welcome to all the moms this morning. Really a blessing to have you with us. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to preach Mother's Day, excited to, to celebrate with you, excited to celebrate with my wife and the fact that she has, you know, given us an amazing kid and honestly is also a spiritual mother to so many people. And I, man, I, I just love the opportunity to celebrate. And I, I know that Mother's Day for some people uh, can be difficult and, and can be a struggle. And I, I just want to encourage you, if you really struggle with that figure in your life, that we have some really in- incredible women in this church that would love to love. We're just constantly discipling you. Uh, we have incredible pastors and leaders like Terry who are just constantly discipling and loving and not only being a physical mother but a spiritual mother. So if, if that's something in your life where today kind of hurts a little and you're looking for that and you're saying, I, I want to get connected, I really want to encourage you to be a part of the women's ministry because there's some incredible women in there that would just love to pour their love out on you and encourage and disciple you. So please don't miss that opportunity because we want to celebrate with you. And, man, we just have some awesome, awesome women in this church. Can we give it up for all the moms, physical, spiritual, incredible mothers? I want to do this, and I'm going to have Gianna run it. I, we did this last year. I, we like to do it. Just give out gift cards to a couple moms to celebrate you. We, Katie and I come from this tradition, so we thought we would just keep it going. And so this morning, I want to uh, give out a couple gift cards for a couple things. One, and I'm curious about this because I didn't see who came in today, but uh, I want to give out a gift card to the mom. You can hand it out when there is your hand. So if you traveled... <laughs> Last time I think Gilbert won it. We're a pretty tight community. <laughs> so we're going to start at Gilbert. If you traveled from farther than like Gilbert, let's say it was, how far away is Gilbert? 20 miles. 20 miles. If you traveled farther than 20 miles, raise your hand. If you traveled farther than 30 miles, raise your hand. 100 miles. Barb. How far did you come, Barb? All the way from Seattle. When I saw you walk in, I was like, oh, now I know who's going to win this. So I, I was like, there we go. Perfect. Sorry. We brought in a ringer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like, I'd like to see who has the youngest kiddo. Uh, maybe your kiddo's here or not here, but who has the youngest child uh, in, in the church? So if you have a kid under three, can you raise your hand? Actually, wait, I know who's going to win this. How old's your baby? 11 months old yesterday. Anyone else beat 11 months? I think that's it. All right. This is the one I love to see is I'm looking for the mom or grandma who has been serving the Lord the longest. We want to honor you. So if you're a mom or a grandma here, to be a grandma, you had to be a mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> would, you, uh, would you raise your hand if you've been serving the Lord for over 15 years? If you've been serving the Lord for over 15 years, how about... Over 20 years, over 40 years, I can't see who's raising their hand, over, Paul, okay, who we have left, okay, how about over 50 years, okay, I'll just have you say, because I can't, these lights are killing me right now, all the way in the back, Shirley, is it Shirley, there she is, yeah, how long, 60, anyone more than 62, 62, respect. How, how long was it for you, Paula? Wow. Barbara. Did you have your hand up too, Barbara? 40. Wow. What about you, Celine? There's probably more of you guys. I'm impressed. <laughs> Seriously, incredible. 
Well, we celebrate you guys. I hope you guys saw when you came in. There's some water outside, but then also our cafe for all the moms. We have um, we have like mimosas, which <laughs> they uh, I, I, there's lots of good stuff in them. The cafe team literally is just slaying it right now. Uh, and they made these incredible scones. In case you didn't know, we have like very talented people. And they made these scones. And I've paid for one and tried to steal a couple, but Allie locked it down, so you can't. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a mom, I really encourage you to go out there, be blessed, take take them, take whatever you want. It's fine. You're a mom. You deserve it. This is your day. Be the queen. Do your thing. Um, if you're a husband of a great mom or, you know, just near one, see if they can get you one. It's good. <laughs> no one's going to blame you. We're going to keep them anyway, so... Um, but excited that you're here. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Josh. I'm a pastor here at Banner Church. And uh, really, you're joining us in the middle of our Acts series, but we're taking a break purely because I didn't think Philip and the eunuch was appropriate. For Ask him after service. <laughs> but needless to say, we're taking a little break uh, to honor mothers. And I'm going to make uh, uh, Carson, who, who's, I believe, in kids, uh, he's speaking next week, so he gets to speak on it. So uh, I encourage you to come next week. I'm actually leading worship next week, so uh, come, and we'll see how that goes. Um, people are clapping. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, no, really, really excited. I love leading worship, so. Um, but we're going to take time to honor moms this morning, and I believe that the encouragement that we have this morning is for moms, but it's really for everyone because that's the blessing of, of reading from the Word of God is that it speaks to our hearts, that it changes us, encourages us, convicts us, moves us. So even when we're subject matter, maybe uh, on a little different note, that I want to encourage you that this morning God can really speak into your heart and encourage you and strengthen you, and my hope is that you leave with a little bit of hope. But let's pray this morning and we'll dive in. God, we thank you that we can gather here today full of people from all different places and walks of life and backgrounds, and yet we can just gather and be united under the banner of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word, God, and that we would leave transformed and renewed and encouraged and strengthened. Thank you for the moms in this church. I pray that you would continue to bless them and strengthen them and encourage them today. In your name, amen. You know, I was thinking about Mother's Day, and I was thinking about what, is, what do moms really want to hear? Because I, and to no surprise to you, am not one. And I was thinking, what do moms really want to hear? Because I've heard a lot of Mother's Day messages. And so I begin to think, what is the message that moms hear, or I, I at least see being spoken to uh, the moms that I care about during their life, you know, what's spoken to them, uh, what do they hear the most in ads or on Facebook or in mom groups or all these things. And the message that I see all the time is basically summed up this, this, if you take your kids to this, if your kids are this much involved in church, if, you're, if your family looks like this, here is how you be a good mom. So you got to eat this, take this, do this, buy this, go to this, and all these things. And I, and I begin to think, I really don't want to put out another message. It's just like, here's how you be a good mom. A, that's presumptuous. And B, I've seen how hard my wife works, and it, it's very presumptuous to tell her how to do her job. Because it's insane. I don't know if you guys know that my wife works a full-time job, basically works another full-time job here, works like a side hustle, <laughs> and then raises our daughter, manages a home, uh, pastors people. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. I'm just praising the Lord that I'm, I have it so much easier. Uh, 
<laughs> honestly. Um, but I begin to think, like, that would be very presumptuous. So I begin to think, okay, what, what then, if that is the message that we see all over, I don't know if moms, if you're a part of these mom Facebook groups, they're just, they're crazy. Or the advertisements that are put out, it, how, you know, here's how you be a good mom. I am missing the mark or I am not measuring up in some way. And I don't think that's too presumptuous to say because I live with a mom and, and I see that battle that occurs is the, the weight of the world and what's being spoken in and what's being said often leaves mom sometimes to feel like in some way I'm, ju- I'm just missing it. I'm missing the mark. I'm not measuring up. I remember when, uh, and I, I didn't know this existed, but when we uh, got pregnant, we got pregnant, when Katie got pregnant, and we were going to have a baby, Katie, Katie joined this mom Facebook group. And what I realized is that mom's Facebook group was 10% helpful and 90% exhausting. Because everything in it existed for the purpose of telling you, you're not doing this, therefore you're doing it wrong. So no matter how much you do, you're not quite doing enough, you don't have quite enough, you're not, you aren't planning enough activities or doing enough of this or breastfeeding long enough or doing all these things. And then it's like, you've somehow failed. And I was like, babe, you've got to get off of this mom group because the kid is not even here and you already feel like a bad mom. Like the kid has not arrived and you're like, I'm a failure as a mother. Like, let's give it a couple years before we really just start phoning it in. Like, let's, let's give it some time. But right now it's not even here. we got to get off this thing. And that's when I was introduced to this term, Mom guilt. Has, have any of the moms here ever experienced mom guilt? Mom guilt is a powerful force. The men are like, mom guilt? Follow, follow with me, men. Mom guilt isn't the guilt that your mom gave you, like you're killing your mother and why do you never call? It's not, it's not that. That's, that's kind of close, but it's not it. Mom guilt is something else. Mom guilt is this feeling that moms have, and I talk to so many moms who have it, that somehow, no matter what you are doing, no matter how good, there's another, some other area where you're not cutting it, where you're not measuring up. In some way, what I'm doing, as great or as bad as it is, just isn't enough. And I have done, am doing, or will do something wrong for my kids, with my kids. And there's this feeling that creeps in that's called mom guilt. Tell me if this sounds familiar. I didn't write this part. I took this from a mom who explained her inner monologue here, her inner dialogue that was occurring. Here's what she said she faces during the day. I didn't spend enough time playing with my kids. I didn't get the house clean because I was playing with the kids. I cleaned the house and now I won't let the kids play because they'll mess it up. I didn't bring them outside to play and it's beautiful out. I brought them outside to play and now they have bug bites. I read with my oldest too much and I read more or more than I read with the younger two. I'm not strict enough. I'm too strict. I let them eat candy. I don't let them eat candy. I hide candy from them so that I can eat it. I don't plan educational activities for the kids to do on a daily basis. Who am I kidding? I don't plan educational activities for the kids to do ever. I didn't breastfeed long enough. My pregnancy diet is probably to blame for my middle child's food allergies. I let them watch TV. Sometimes I use TV as a babysitter. I went shopping without them, even though they were crying at the door to come with me. I should be happy all the time because I get to stay home with them and other moms would love to be in my situation. Or I work so much I'm missing important time with my kids and I feel guilty. I yell too much, etc. 
Is any mom brave enough to say you've ever experienced any of these range of emotions? To the guys, this sounds exhausting. Is this really what you're thinking all the time? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not smart enough to have this many thoughts in my brain. <laughs> I know that right now. Sometimes I, it comes upon me like a wave, like I'm just not that great of a dad. And then it goes away, and then I'm fine. <laughs> I throw her in the pool. <laughs> But can I tell you that uh, moms and really church this morning, that the feeling that we aren't measuring up is consistent in all of humanity. I think moms, you carry a special weight because of the deep love, the powerful position, the crucial nature of your role in the family and in life and in development, that you carry a child, that you care for the child, that you have a special weight. But really all of humanity, I think we struggle with this idea constantly of am I measuring up? Am I measuring up in work? Am I measuring up in my family? Am I measuring up in my relationships? Am I cutting it? Or am I falling short? In some ways we feel like this. Has anyone else ever felt like this? That in some way in my life I'm missing the mark? You don't have to raise your hand for that one. Sometimes we think that there's really this invisible standard. that I, I, I'm, It's hard for me to explain. It's hard for me to verbalize. But sometimes I feel like I just don't cut it. That I miss it. And when we miss the mark... We feel condemned, right? When we miss the mark, we feel condemned. But who condemns us? It's ourselves. Do you ever realize that some of the meanest things that have ever been said to you have been said by you to you? That some of the things that I say about myself, I would never say about anyone else. When I look at my house, when I look at the state of my closet this morning, when I look at the things in my life, the things that I say and pick apart and condemn about myself, I would never say that walking into anyone else's home. I would never say that interacting with another person. And yet because it's me and I know me, I am my harshest critic. And so, so often I condemn myself or feel condemned because I'm missing the mark. Well, if you're like me and you feel like, man, I, I missed the mark in some area. There's areas I don't measure out. I want to give you some hope this morning. Does anybody here want hope this morning? Ooh, okay. Does anyone here want hope this morning? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want some hope this morning. Turn to your other neighbor and say it loudly. I want some hope this morning. There we go. Good. Convince him you're glad you came to church this morning. Brunch will still be there. Like, dude, I'm so glad that you're here, man. I've missed you. <laughs> That's my brother right there. I'm glad you're feeling better that you're here. I want to read to you Romans 8, 1 through 4. It says this. It says, there is therefore no condemnation... For those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Here's a little context of this. I'm going to explain why this is important this morning. It's really quick, but I, wanna, I hope you leave encouraged by this and by what the writer is saying here in Romans. Is that the Lord, uh, if, you, if you've ever uh, studied in the New... 
Old Testament or, or heard about uh, Moses is that the Lord, through Moses, brings his people out of Israel. And when he brings his people out of Israel, thank you, uh, he brings them to Mount Sinai. And when he comes to Mount Sinai, he gives them the law and he reestablishes a covenant that the people that he brings out, the Israelites, they're his people. He's made a covenant with them. He has a covenant relationship with them. And so when he brings them out of Egypt, he makes, he renews his covenant with them and gives them the law. And he gives them the ceremonial law. He gives them the moral law. He establishes basically the fullness of the Mosaic law with them. And this law uh, is basically formulated in the covenant with his people. And it's all of these things. Has anyone ever read through like that bulky part of the Old Testament with all the law? Has anyone read that? That is the most exhausting unexciting part of the Bible. Can I be real as your pastor? That part of the Bible is tough. When you're in like deep, deep numbers and you're like, and you're just, you're in it in like Leviticus and you're, he's just talking about polyester and like what you can eat and like the verse that you can bring up and be mad about me about tattoos, all of that stuff, it's all in there and you can trudge through it all that you want, but it's exhausting, right? Anybody who did like any church for somebody say that's exhausting, right? It's exhausting. And when they're given the law, the law was meant to guide. The law was meant to direct. <clears throat> to direct. The law was meant to, to bring them into relationship, into a space, into the presence of God. Because they were broken people. And it was like, here's all the things you can do to, to purify yourself, to come into the presence of God. And so they had all of these sacrifices, all the ways they had to be clean, all the days they had to observe. All, all the special layers of the temple, all the techniques, all of the religion that existed. And, and it's, it was meant to get the people, and they never really got here. Occasionally they did. It was meant, the law was meant to get people to a point where they said, how can anyone possibly measure up to this? How is this even doable? How is all of this law, how are all of these regulations, how, are, how is all of this even doable? We're going to be sacrificing lambs forever. Lambs are going to go extinct if we keep sacrificing for every sin that we have, right? If I sacrifice the lamb, I, I can't even imagine how many lambs would be dead by this point in my life. It's meant to get to the point where people say, I cannot measure up to this. It was meant to guide them, but it was meant to move them to a point where they thought, my, my humanness, my actions, my works, the works of my hands, it's not enough to save me. It was meant to draw them to a point where they said, the law that was supposed to guide and say, fine, if you want to be clean by your own works, here's everything you have to do. And it was meant to get people to a point where they said, man, turns out I can't do it. I have the manual and I still can't do it. I have the manual for this in my life, but I still cannot reach the fullness of, of holiness and works that is required. It was meant to bring people to a place where they recognize the need for a savior to move them from religion into a relationship. What I love is when Jesus comes, they say, did you come to destroy the law? He says, no, I came to fulfill it. See, you need a savior. All these things you were doing, the sacrifice for your sin, the atonement for your sin, I came to be that sacrifice for you. And so when Jesus comes, he comes as the savior. 
He comes as the symbol that we cannot do it on our own, that we need him, that we need his love, that every day we need his grace, that we could try and try and try, but we will never meet the mark of the work that is needed to atone for our sins. And maybe I'm the only one with sins in here, but there is not enough work that I could do between now and my death to cover and equal out the scale for the sins and the brokenness in my life. Anyone else there with me this morning? Anyone else thankful that Jesus Christ came as the Savior and said, yeah, you're right, you don't measure up, but that's why I'm here. And so the law, the sacrifices, sacrifices all the time, all the time, all the time to take away this sin. And Jesus comes and says, I'm the sacrifice to take away your sin once and for all. So when we read Romans 8, 1, it says, therefore there is no condemnation. How much of our life is lived feeling condemned, right? Feeling condemned by our failures or condemned by our shortcomings, condemned by our past. If people really knew this or maybe they do know or in all these things we feel condemned in our heart. But Jesus called us to a life with the spirit where there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for your past. There is no condemnation for your failures. Moms, you might feel because you go on the mom panel or you look at Instagram and you see these moms that are living this way and your life doesn't match up or you go home and you look at the piles of things in your house or, or you feel like you're at work and you're missing something. Whatever it is in your life, you might feel condemnation. But can I tell you, there is no condemnation through Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation over you through Christ. That you are a daughter of Christ. That others might judge you and you might critique yourself. And, you know, we can't stop what other people say about us. You know, people are going to do what they're going to do. But in the end, that God does not condemn you. That God does not condemn you for those things. I want you to hear me say this morning, moms in this place and church, you are not condemned by your messy house. You are not condemned by what school your kids attend, by your desire or your lack of desire to homeschool your kids. You are not condemned by the personal sin and struggles that you have in your life. You are not condemned by the difficulty of caring for a child with special needs. You are not condemned by the fact that right now you like one kid a little more than the other kid. You are not condemned, hear me mom, you are not condemned by your miscarriage or your miscarriages. You are not condemned by your lack of desire to have more kids or your desire to have a bunch of kids. You're not condemned by the amount of kids you do or do not want to have. You're not condemned because your life doesn't look like the moms on Facebook and Instagram. You're not condemned by your inability to cook. You're not condemned because your kids are not normal. You're not condemned because you're single or divorced or going it alone. You're not, you're not condemned by your desire to have a break alone from your kids from time to time. You're not condemned because your body isn't the same as it was. You're not condemned by the failures that weigh on your heart at night. And you're not condemned by the child that has walked away from the Lord. 
You're not condemned when you get angry at scraping mac and cheese off the kitchen floor for the hundredth time. You're not condemned because you stay home with your kids while others go to work. And you're not condemned because you go to work when others stay home with their kids. You're not condemned by the, by the tears and frustrations you face during the day and night. You're not condemned by not being able to throw the birthday party of the year for your kids. You're not condemned for feeding your kids by pushing a button on the microwave rather than cooking up whole foods like a gourmet chef. You're not condemned for needing a vacation. And you're not condemned for not having the money to take your kids on vacation. You're not condemned, listen to me moms, you're not condemned by the stares of the people who don't have kids that have never had a kid full meltdown in the middle of a public space and have to drag them out kicking and screaming. You might feel condemned, but moms, hear me say, you are not condemned, amen? You are not condemned. Though we might feel that way sometimes, there is no condemnation through Christ Jesus. Jesus loves you so much. God, God loves you so much. He gave his son for you. He rose again for you. He sits at the right hand of God. He took your sin and your shame to the cross and he defeated it. And when you surrender your heart to him, you become dead to sin. The thing that actually does condemn us when, when we live to the flesh, when we live for ourselves, when we die to that, when we say enough, I'm tired of living over here, living for myself, trying to make it work for myself, trying to make things happen, trying to be my own savior. Moms, you don't got to be your own savior. Try, when I live over here in this space, then, then I, I do feel condemned. But when I step over here and I step into a relationship with Jesus who loves me and gave himself for me, then nothing in my past, my present, or my future can condemn me because Christ is for me and with me. And I live in the spirit, walking with him no longer in flesh, but in the freedom that comes through him. My sin is replaced with his righteousness. It says in 2 Corinthians, and, and we talk about this scripture in Easter, and I bring it up all the time because I want us to, to get this in our understanding and in our, in our lingo, this idea of substitutionary atonement, this idea that, that Christ paid the price for us. It says, God, who made, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Get this. When God looks at you, what does he see? Does he see your failures? Does he see your sin? Does he see your shame? Does he see the things you tell yourself? No. God sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Man, if you get that in your heart this morning, when God looks at you, he doesn't see the areas that you feel that you are not cutting it. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He sees the hope of Jesus Christ. He sees the cost that Jesus has paid for you. And so now there's a shift, and before you felt condemned, now you're covered. Can I tell you, moms, this morning, you are covered. You are not condemned. People of Banner Church, mom or not, you are covered. You are not condemned. You might feel like you're condemned, but you're actually covered. Your sin was covered by his blood. I love this, that we, you and I, we have been adopted in as sons and daughters of the Lord. Romans 8, it continues in uh, verse 14 through 15, it says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live, a, live in fear again. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or heirship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. This might be the only time you hear me use this word from stage. We were talking about this the other day. This term is important. It's Daddy God. Get this. The term Abba is an intimate relationship that you have been given by the Lord, that you have been adopted in as moms, you have been adopted in as daughters of God and given a term of endearment before the Lord. And that we feel like so often we don't measure up, we don't make it, we don't cut it, we feel the anxiety creep in, and yet God has reconciled us not to sit at the steps of the kingdom, but to come in as daughters of God and to sit at the table with your daddy and, and hear the, the love and the hope and the covering of Jesus Christ in your life. That you are not condemned, but you are covered as children. Are you with me this morning, church? And I love this idea of being children of God, living under his covering. Psalm 91.4, one of my favorite psalms, it says this, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You're not condemned, you're covered under his wings. You know, birds, I, I think about that, they have these, their wings, they lock in and they, and they bring their young under their wings. And when they're under their wings, they're not just covered in, in the sense of from elements, but they're comforted, that they're protected. So often we feel outside we feel like we're missing it. But can I tell you this morning, God wants to bring you under his wings. And he wants to say, be comforted. Feel the protection. Feel the rest. Feel the blessing. Come to me, all moms who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest this morning. And he's speaking that to your heart. And he's saying, you are a daughter of God. You are precious. You are loved. You are covered by his righteousness. And when the enemy comes and he begins to speak to you and he begins to say your house is too messy, your life is too messy, you didn't do enough for your kids, you're not doing enough for kids. If you just would have done this for your kids, then they would be serving the Lord, but you messed up. When the enemy comes and he begins to speak these things into your life, you should have done this, you should be doing this, all of these things that weigh on your heart. God in this moment wants to gather you in his wings and say, find rest. Find comfort, find hope, I'm here for you. I do not condemn you, I do not condemn you, but I cover you, amen. I'm gonna invite the band up this morning. I like this song that we sing, the Reckless Love of God song. And I know some people have some theological things about it, but I love this idea that before I spoke a word, God was speaking over me, that God knew me, that he knows my heart, that salvation was his plan all along. And so in those moments when I feel like I'm not measuring up, when I feel like I don't cut it, what do you go back to? The love of God, who says you are not condemned, you are covered. You are covered. You are covered by my blood. 
You are covered with my love. You are covered with my hope. You are covered with my protection. You are covered with my comfort. You are covered with all of these things that you desperately need, that you feel like you'll never measure up. When we begin to realize that we will often miss the mark, but that that's okay, all of a sudden our heart begins to be released. This morning, I believe that some of you moms in this place, God is calling you to release mom guilt in your life. There are things as you look at your kids and in your family. I know this isn't far-fetched. I talk to my wife about this all the time. There are things in your life, mom guilt, that God says, release it. That he's proud of you. That he loves you. I'm proud of you. I love you. That you're a great mom. And I see that all throughout this church the same way that I want to just pour into my wife and comfort her and protect her and tell her I'm so proud of you and what you do for our child in this church and how you pour yourself out. And when, when I see you bring all these things that you're missing the mark, I, I just think you don't see who God really sees you as and that you are just this valiant, amazing, beautiful woman of God that is changing the world. And I think God wants to speak like that into every heart that you're a great mom and that you are not condemned, that you're covered, and that, Terry, that God has blessed you and loves you and sees not only your children, but a, there's dozens of people in this church that you are a spiritual mother and that he loves you. And when the enemy comes in to condemn you, God just rejects that. He says, you know who you are, that you're precious and that you're good and that I care for you and that all of these things that come in, man, that I love you and I appreciate you. God wants to speak that in, whoever here for you, I, whatever that is in your life, God's saying, I'm proud of you, I care for you, I love you, you are not condemned. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to do a couple things this morning, a little different as we close. I would love to, to pray for the moms this morning. And then I'd love to just worship this song together. We'll have the prayer team up here. If you need to receive prayer, I want to invite you to come forward and receive it um, and when, when we start worshiping. But I want to pray for you this morning. If you're in this place, and especially, you know, moms, I, you carry such an incredible weight in your family and for the kingdom. And uh, I, I hope that somebody has told you thank you today. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for how you care. Thank you for the love that you give your kids. Thank you for how hard you work. And I hope that when those things begin to come against you and that guilt, that you would just release that and give that to the Lord this morning. So if you're a mom in this place, would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hand? We want to pray for you this morning. Would you lift it up? And if you're near a mom who has their hand raised, can you just either put your hand on their shoulder or reach your hand out to them? And let, let's just pray for them this morning. Come near a mom. Find a mom. There we go. You can move. We didn't bolt you down to this seat. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's pray together. And, and as I pray, would you just join with me in agreement that 
in this prayer. And then can we worship together? Can we just give, can we end this service after we pray with just an extravagant time of praising the Lord and, and really respond to what we're facing in life by praising God. And if you need prayer, you can come forward and all of that. And I wanna invite that for sure, but let's pray and then let's just worship the Lord together. Let's celebrate what he's doing and to celebrate just the love, the mighty powerful love of God. Pray with me this morning. God, we thank you for these moms. God, we thank you for who they are. God, we thank you that though at times they feel like maybe they're missing the mark, God, that maybe there's areas that they're not measuring up, God, we praise you that like Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation through Christ Jesus. Like Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation through Christ Jesus, that you see these moms and you love them and you care for them. And so God, I pray right now that if there's anything in their life where that mom guilt has seeped in or they feel like they're missing it, God, I pray that you would just pour your extravagant, reckless, exciting, passionate love into them, God, that they would experience a deeper, full of your love, that they would experience the fullness of the love of Jesus, God, that they have a Savior who loves them, who paid the price for them, that sees them and knows them, that there is no condemnation, that they are daughters of God, that they are your heirs and your children, and they can run to you, and that you will cover them in your wings and wrap them up, God, that they would receive the comfort and protection we celebrate.